Joining us now, he is a PGA Tour champion, has played Champions Tour. Peter Jacobson joins us. Welcome into the golf hey, shop, Peter. Peter. Hey, Matt, Mark, how you guys doing today? Thank you, man. Doing, doing awesome. Well. How yeah. are you doing down there? Is, uh, is everything going all right? Well, I'm actually up in New York. Oh, are you? I came up, here, came up here five weeks ago. My wife and I did. We've got a daughter and son-in-law who are doctors up here. Wow. So schools are closed, and they've got two... They've got two kids, two of our four grandkids. So we've been running Nana and Papa daycare <laughs> up here. Are you? For five are you weeks. the? How old are they, Jake? Uh, they're six and four. Okay. So we are. are we you are. Are you actually first teaching? Of all, we're, we're exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are, man. <laughs> well, I have. Yeah, no, but it's been it's been great. Yeah, I have no doubt that you're entertaining for them. <laughs> yeah. You have been in other, every other aspect of your life. This shouldn't be any different, right? <laughs> well, we're, uh, we, we are struggling. It was pretty easy the first couple of weeks. We started <laughs> right. playing board games, and, and uh, now we're outside. We're riding bikes. We're playing, we're playing as many stupid new games we come up with. We basically scour the yard for, for, for pine cones and tree limbs and things <laughs> like that. So... We're, we're, we're getting there. Are you upstate or in the city? Uh, we're upstate. Okay. We're up in Westchester. Okay, nice. Uh, just, uh, you know, in that, uh, it's actually in the, the hot zone for this coronavirus, yeah, right. unfortunately. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, yeah we, don't, we don't go outside much. We're, we stay pretty much in the house, and we let the kids ride bikes around the house. We wear our masks, and yeah. we're, uh, we're being as safe as we possibly can. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about the Jake's Takes podcast. Uh, you know, you having fun doing that. It seems like a lot of people that are doing podcasts these days are having a lot of fun. And right now everybody's uh, a little bored, so you're, you're, you're able to get more people than maybe you're used to, and uh, everybody's listening. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I started doing the Jake's Takes podcast a year ago, and now that we've all been inside, stuck inside with this coronavirus, it's usually difficult to get players and people in the game to take the time to do a mm-hmm. podcast because everybody's busy. You're either working on your game or you're running a golf tournament or you're preparing for a golf tournament. But I've been able to get some guests, and I've actually done a lot of shows like, like yours this morning because we're all, we're all sitting around looking for things to do. Yeah. And by next week's uh, guests are Bubba Watson, and Ted Scott, uh, as everybody knows, Bubba as the two-time master champ, and Ted Scott is his caddy. So right. We're going to dive into dive into some interesting things with that. But you're right. I think I think the shutdown has showed all us all of us how how busy our lives really are, and maybe this maybe this uh, slowdown isn't so bad for us in terms of trying to reset our lives and and uh, reconnect with our family and friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's talk a little golf. I mean, seven career PGA Tour wins for you. Um, what what was probably the, the biggest moment of your career? And then on the flip side of that, what was probably the one that you felt like got away? I would say, let's start with the last one first. The one that got away for me was probably the Western Open at uh, Butler National. I came to the last hole, I had a one-shot lead. And Butler National in Chicago, which is one yeah. of the most difficult golf courses I've I've ever played in my career, had a one shot lead on the last hole, and 
I was uh, I was playing with a slow player, and I got a little frustrated because he was taking so much time. I just needed to make a par on the last hole. Is this, is this where you hit it in the lake, Jack? Yeah. Is this, What's that? Is this where you hit it in the lake behind the green? Is that is that this yeah, one? I did. Okay. I did. Yeah, I, I remember uh, that. Fluff, Fluff <laughs> and I were uh, working together then. Mike Cowan, right. Fluff. Uh, was my caddy, and we were debating on a six or a seven iron, and uh, we decided to hit kind of a smooth six. Ball landed on the back of the green, took a couple of bounces, rolled down a bank, and it went into the water. And it was a stupid play. It was the only place you don't miss it. Uh, if I make bogey, I get into a playoff. If I happen to make a par, I win. And the one thing I couldn't do was make double, and I did. So that's the one that got away. And, but I learned, I learned a lot from that. I learned not to let my emotions take over. You can't get too high and you can't get too low. That was in 88. So uh, that was kind of early on. I joined the tour in 77. So that was in my 11th, 10th, 11th year on tour. But probably the the two biggest events I won and the most fun I've ever had was when I won the AT&T at uh, Pebble Beach. I played with Jack Lemon for... 20 years. Oh, that's right. Just had a blast. Played with Lemon and played with Clint Eastwood and George C. Scott and Michael Keaton, Sean Connery, all these famous those are, people. And they, I ended up winning the tournament that they, year. Jake, who are those people you trophy. just mentioned? I've never heard of those people you just mentioned. I mean, I mean, You're too young. Get, no, no, I'm actually, you're, I'm, you and I are the same age, actually. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, at the time, that event was really important to me. I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and I would drive down to watch the tournament. And I always, I always loved watching the best players on tour playing with the most famous celebrities, guys like Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. Yeah. And I always, it was always a dream of mine just to play at the AT and T or the Crosby Clambake, as they called it back then. And then when I had a chance to win it, that was uh, that was really uh, a dream come true for me. Yeah, and, and, and going back across your career, Mom, I mean, obviously playing with all the great players, you got to, you know, kind of be, uh, I would say, the second half of Jack's career and the first half of Tiger's career. I mean, people always are comparing the two, uh, you know, who's the greatest. Obviously, they're the greatest in, in their own time frames. I mean, you obviously got to play with both these guys, and it was probably a, a treat to be able to play with either one of them. Did you ever kind of catch yourself – um, if you played with you know if you played with both of them, did you ever catch yourself doing a lot more watching than playing your own game? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because back in 1995, Tiger was an amateur, and I had gotten to play with him in a couple of tournaments, so we knew each other just as he was just starting out. He's just a kid, but it was 1995, the first two rounds at the Open Championship at St Andrews, and I'm walking down the first fairway in my pairing of Peter Jacobson. Tiger Woods and Ernie Els. Wow. Tiger was, I don't know, 18 and Ernie was 23. Mm-hmm. And I was like 42 or 43, something like that. And I remember Fluff, Fluff was caddying for me before he went with, to work for Tiger. And I looked at Fluff and I said, how the heck did we get in this pairing? I'm playing with <laughs> two of the future greats of the game because you just knew it. Yeah, You just watched Tiger, even as a 16, 17, 18, 19 year old amateur. And Ernie Els, as a young player out of South Africa, you just knew that these guys were going to dominate the game, the way they swung the club, the way that they played, the way they handled themselves under pressure. 
And, and you're right. I played a lot with Nicholas and Palmer and Player in the first part of my career. But comparing them is just, it's, it's, it's almost an impossible task because when I came on tour and Jack played with Jack Arnold, Gary Trevino, we played Wood Woods. There was no, there was no technology involved. If you wanted to change drivers, you had to go take a driver and test it for, for three, four, five competitive rounds to see if it worked. And if it did, you stayed with it. If you didn't, you got rid of it and went to another, another club. So players of that era didn't change clubs as much as they do today. Today, you could go down to your local golf shop or go see your golf pro and get fit for a brand new set of irons in one hour. Yep. You use a track man or a launch monitor. You can get the, you can get dialed in on the right shaft, the right loft, the right lie, the right weight, length, everything, and you've got a brand new set of clubs in in maybe less than an hour. So, I think Jack, probably Jack was a different player than Tiger, because Jack had to do more experimentation, trial and error, where I think Tiger and the generation today could basically go down and make changes quicker. And I think when you when you can make changes to your equipment and your swing quicker, then I think you can come to a decision or a resolution on the direction you want to go with your game faster and it makes it easier. So again, trying to trying to compare both eras is really, really tough. But believe me, uh, when it comes to the greatest players in the game, Tiger and Jack uh, sit at top, uh, on the top, and nobody else is uh, is in that category. Do you think, though, that, that a Ben Hogan without the, the car wreck is up there, too, though, Jake? Or, or do you think that those guys are way above the rest? I, uh, I mean, because we're talking about, you know, eras. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Hogan was one of my – in fact, I'm sitting here right now looking at Ben Hogan's five fundamentals yeah. in, my, uh, <laughs> in my office here up, up in New York. Uh, because I just love that book. Yeah. I, that's really how I learned when I was a kid. I studied that book and tried to be be like Hogan, even though I'm six two and he was about five eight. Right. But it, I think I think I think Hogan. I, one of the things that robs us golf fans, and I put myself in the in the category. You guys are both you know, good players yourself, but I know you're golf fans first and foremost, like me. And I do know that that injury robs us of watching some players reach their ultimate potential. Hogan's one of them. Tiger's another one. Yeah, he is. You look at Tiger, when his back surgery and his, his knee and his Achilles, you look at all that that, is, that has kept him from maybe beating Jack's major championship record. But, yeah, there are a lot of players that might be right there with Jack and Tiger had it not been for injury. Do you see Tiger maybe doing this or, or, or not, Jake? I mean, what, what is your what, what are you thinking about that? Time's running out. Yeah, there's no it is. question. Yeah. He, he, winning the Masters last year was was phenomenal, Huge. and Huge. it did prove to all of us that he still has what it takes. But as the months click by and and the years click by, and this coronavirus shutdown certainly doesn't help anybody as they try to try to reach lofty plateaus and and and, and their goals. But Tiger, could he do it? I think he could, but he's got to be smart about where he plays and how often he plays to protect his back. But but time is running short, that's for sure, because I think he's, what is he, 43 now, guys, something like that? Yeah, yeah, he's 43, that's right. Yeah, yeah, so he, 
he's up. He, he's got to get it on uh, in the next. He's got to do it in the next two or three years. I think it's going to be difficult once he reaches yeah. forty six yeah. or forty seven. Peter, you've had back surgery, I think, right? Um, yeah, I've had a couple, yep, I and, and and I, you know, uh, I played yesterday, and I and I walked, you know, with a push cart, and I'll tell you, my there's days that the back just is not going to work, and so I know the pain um, that he's been in, and, and you do too. Um, uh, it's it's difficult, especially at forty three years old or forty six when he gets to that point, uh, to to just be on top. I mean, there's just it's your back's not going to allow you to do that sometimes, and I think we're seeing that uh, in some some tournaments that he plays in, right? Yeah, I, I think everybody Tiger being the best player of this era, everybody wants to watch him play, and I know that people criticize him when he doesn't go play this week yeah. or that week. But he simply can't. You and I both know, and anybody that's listening to us right now knows that when you've had back surgery or a hip replacement or a knee replacement or a rotator cuff, that that scar tissue never goes away. And it's going to flare up on cold, wet uh, days, and and you're going to feel it. So I think he's done a really good job of measuring where he's going to play and when he's going to play. And that's certainly going to be first on his on his list when he makes decisions about where to play, trying to reach Jack's major record. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, obviously, uh, you, you know, he's probably benefited. Him and Brooks Kepka have probably benefited from, you know, the the season kind of being put on hold because you know Brooks was still working on recovering from his knee injury, and Tiger obviously had missed events because of the back, so. You know, those two from a major championship perspective that we still potentially have three major championships to play in 2020, those could be your two biggest um, winners from the fact that they got pushed back. I agree with you 100%. In fact, as I sit here and look at the calendar this fall, and I I really give these major championship organizations uh, uh, huge props for arranging to have these tournaments PGA is going to be played in August, as you guys well know, and it's going to be at Harding Park, which is a wonderful place. Then we're going to have the U.S. Open. Uh, being up here in Westchester, like I am right now, I, I love Wingfoot, and I'm really glad that Wingfoot is going to be able to host the U.S. Open because, in my opinion, it's my it's it's the best U.S. Open venue there is in the country. Wow. But I'm not sure that U.S. Uh, Wingfoot's going to really set up well for Tiger. But I do think that the Masters in November, I think, is going to set up well for Tiger. And who knows? It could be Kepka, it could be Tiger, it could be, could be Phil, it could be Rory. Anybody, because these majors are going to be condensed over a, over a three-month period plus the Ryder Cup, who knows? Maybe one of those players gets hot and can win, one, uh, win two, maybe all three. You just, you just don't know. This has been such a weird year. Yep that it's really hard to try to put your finger on what's going to happen. Well, Peter, we always appreciate you coming on and talking with us. Where, when and uh, where can people catch uh, Jake's takes? Well, it's going to be uh, uh, on Tuesday on the all, uh, all podcast uh, locations, Jake's takes, and uh, you can get it on Tuesdays. All right. We appreciate you coming on with us, man. Stay safe up there and have fun. You bet. Thank you, Peter. Matt, Mark, Matt, thanks so much. Yes, sir. Bye-bye.